Cashflow Ninja, episode 215 with Doug McCormick. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at how to use business principles to maximize your family's wealth. My guest today is Doug McCormick. Doug has a lifetime of experiences that provide the foundation for the framework, principles, and tools in Family Inc. As a professional investor, he has spent two decades creating value for institutional investors by partnering with families and entrepreneurs to build and grow their businesses to create sustainable long-term value. The lessons in Family Inc. reflect his own journey to achieving financial independence, which began at the age of seven when his dad helped him purchase AT&T stock. During his professional career, he's been an active duty army officer, a Harvard Business School student, an investment banker, a private equity investor, and finally entrepreneur as co-founder of HCI Equity Partners. His writings and recommendations about financial literacy and veteran causes have been cited or featured by major media outlets, including the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, CNBC, Time, PBS, NPR, Investors Business Daily, Fast Company, American Association of Individual Investors, The Larry Kudlow Show, Stars and Stripes, Home and Family Finance Radio, Military.com, and The Motley Fool. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MC Lobsher or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja, one word, to 44222. To ensure you never miss one of our episodes, you can also download our free interactive smartphone apps on the Apple and Google Play app stores. I've created a Cashflow Ninja investment group where I share opportunities that I'm investing in with my fellow investors. If you're interested in joining this group, please email me at info at CashflowNinja.com and we will continue the conversation to see if you're a good fit for our group. My friend Dave Zook says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy, but you need to pick one. At The Real Asset Investor, Dave and his company create value for investors looking for higher yield returns from real estate ventures domestically and internationally. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities The Real Asset Investor offers, such as the syndication opportunity at Mahogany Bay Village in Belize or investment opportunities in the multifamily space in the U.S., visit CashflowNinja.com forward slash real asset investor. Gelt Inc. is a multifamily syndicator which has acquired over 6,700 apartment units valued at over $1 billion through a private equity syndication model. Gelt provides its investors with significant cash-on-cash returns while maintaining and enhancing equity invested for the long term. You can reach out to Joss Satin at joss at geltinc.com to learn more. Have you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? 
Are you interested in real estate investing and don't know where to start and how to get the results you want? For valuable information to get you started, visit JoinOps Properties at joinopsproperties.com. If you want to create an income stream of 8% on your cash or money in your self-directed IRAs within 90 days in real estate without finding the property, fixing it up, finding a tenant, and all the other management headaches, you have to watch the private lending presentation at cashflowninja.com forward slash private lending. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Doug, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks so much for having me. Can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Absolutely. So uh, I've had a long-standing love affair with the markets. Uh, my dad bought me my first stock when I was seven years old for Christmas. Uh, I got to say, at the time, I was not particularly enthused about that, but uh, he and I developed a, a passion together uh, to begin to follow the markets at a very young age. Um, I uh, took that interest, and I uh, attended uh, the United States Military Academy at West Point, and I studied economics, um, served in active duty for a number of years, and concluded that was a great uh, adventure and experience, but not a, a career I wanted to pursue. And so uh, given my, my studies in economics, I went back to business school at Harvard. Uh, from there, spent some time on Wall Street at Morgan Stanley, um, decided that the investing game would be interesting to try out. So I um, worked at a private equity firm for a number of years. And then about 10 years ago, co-founded uh, a private equity investment firm with a couple partners. And so I've had the good fortune or misfortune, I guess you could say also, of uh, having done a lot of things in different careers. So I've been a student, an employee, a banker, a professional investor, and, and now an entrepreneur. Uh, and I, I, I guess lastly, and, and maybe most relevant to the show, I, I wrote a book in 2016 called Family Inc., uh, which is really my attempt to uh, share some of my uh, life lessons in terms of how to accumulate wealth uh, that I learned the hard way uh, through losing money and, and scars uh, and share that with other folks as they navigate the big decisions of life. Perfect. And uh, just to read from a summary, this is uh, I'm very excited to jump into a lot of different uh, topics here regarding that. Um, creating wealth and financial security for yourself and your family is not derived from purchasing specific financial products, but employing a holistic framework that results in good, consistent decision-making throughout your life cycle of financial needs. As a professional investor and young professional trying to make sense, my own financial decision-making, I realized along the way that many of the financial principles employed by successful companies are also relevant to personal financial planning and management. A lot of valuable stuff in there. Uh, One thing that I, I do like as well, Doug, is, you know, I've mentioned before on the show how a lot of people focus so much on the shiny objects, right? The vehicles. Those are just, just what, they're, what they are. They're vehicles uh, instead of focusing on goals and outcomes. Uh, can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think um, and in my own development, you know, as I grow up, grew up, I studied economics in college and I w- was always trying to figure out, you know, how to save effectively and how to accumulate wealth. And I struggled because it, I had a hard time putting those decisions in context. And so, you know, it sounds good to invest in equities. It sounds good to invest in real estate. It sounds good to buy insurance. But what I found personally is there were all these competing demands for, 
you know, going to school or protecting myself with insurance or investing in the markets. And I really struggled with a framework um, that could help me kind of prioritize those things for myself. And so the real, the real nugget, if you will, I think of the Family Inc. Uh, book and the framework is it allows you to uh, really focus on the big decisions. And I think financial security is not accomplished through, you know, products, but it's really accomplished through sound decision making. And, and hopefully the framework is, is uh, robust enough that any person can take their own individual circumstances and begin to see the competing demands and balance those choices. And I love how you're applying corporate financial principles uh, and decision-making uh, frameworks to family finances by thinking of ourselves and our family as a business. Now, there's a quote from Jay-Z where he said, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Can you speak about the importance of viewing your family like a business? Yeah, no. So first of all, I love that quote and I've never heard it before, but, uh, you know, essentially I've been in the private equity business for 20 years and, and as a young professional in the business, um, you know, I was exposed to a variety of different techniques that we used to help businesses perform better. And what I began to realize over time is a lot of those principles actually were very relevant in my own personal finance decision making. And so it, I began, you know, for me to, to illuminate this concept of Family Inc. And essentially, my pitch to all the young folks out there who are, are looking to create wealth is we're actually all business owners. We own two businesses. We own a labor business where we're trying to sell our labor into the marketplace for the best total compensation. And, and compensation is things like uh, a salary and bonus and equity but it's also uh, skill development and brand development. And then we also all own um, a money management business where we take the earnings that we created today and put them away to, to grow earnings in a way that when we've exhausted our labor business, uh, we can support our retirement. And so I, I really do think um, if you, we all can look at ourselves as a business and that really frames out the, the real assets that we all have. Uh, I think many people underappreciate that by far and away for most folks, your largest asset is your labor. Um, and it gets you focused on the important drivers of, of financial security. <clears throat> now, since we're looking at it as a, a business, we're going to need a chief financial officer, a CFO in the family. Uh, what are some of the uh, reasons that every family needs one? And then um, what are some of the major responsibilities of the family CFO? Yeah, well, I think I think it's so interesting. Um, a lot of us manage our personal finances on autopilot. You know, we work hard, we take care of the kids, we go to school, and then every once in a while, randomly, we we balance a checkbook. But you know, the financial planning just kind of happens. And if I told you that I owned a business uh, and there was nobody in charge of the financial performance of that business, you know, we would all say, "Well, that's ridiculous." And I think the same concept applies in the family. And I think for the most part, people underappreciate how broad these responsibilities are. And so if you go back to the business concept, what does a CFO of a business do? You know, uh, in a family, the family CFO does things like uh, manage investments in labor. So how do you think about education uh, to improve the value of your labor? Uh, they certainly manage the, the monthly or the weekly or the yearly budgets. And when you think about budgets, it's both what's coming in, what's going out, as well as the balance sheet. Um, they think about managing risk through things like insurance, and obviously we think about the investment program, where you're putting your money, how are you planning for retirement. 
And so, you know, the chief financial officer is really a strategic uh, position that is looking at the big picture and making sure that the family assets are deployed in a way that allows you to accomplish the family goals. And again, when I say family assets, it's much more holistic than what's my 401k retirement account. It's really about what, what's my labor value, what investments am I making in education or career or entrepreneurship. It's so important. And you mentioned um, staying in line with the family goals. And that's something that you talk a lot about too, as well, Doug, the importance of that. And that's truly what every family, uh, you know, if you're listening to out that every family should have that, you should have that conversation uh, with your spouse and your children of, of the goals and what you're working towards um, as a, as a family. What, and once you figure it out, because if you don't, if you don't know where you're going, right, any road will do. Um, so you definitely have to be extremely clear on exactly it is what you want, as you mentioned, in all those areas of, of, our, of our lives and in your children's lives, then figure out, you know, why is why does this matter to everyone and why is this so important? And then become that family that will achieve those goals. And one, I, you know, I really liked it when you said that skill development, you know, the CFO as part of the family and the family itself need to understand that if we're going to go on this road together and achieve those goals, you know, we need to become <laughs> and grow uh, as individuals and as a family to be able to get there. Yeah. So, so one of my um, favorite lines is it's a lot easier to grow wealth than it is to save your way to wealth. Right. And, you know, we all focus on, not a lot of people focus on budgets and saving. And I certainly think that saving is important, but if you look at the real big drivers of, you know, creating financial security, it's learning to grow wealth by making good investments in your labor, entrepreneurship, career, and assets. No, absolutely. And staying on the topic of not communicating about money a lot, because yeah, I mean, there's families that they don't communicate about money. And when they're raised, and money is not, you know, it's one of those taboo topics and subjects that nobody discuss, discusses at the dinner table. Um, what are some of the biggest major financial decisions in our lives? Uh, and, <laughs> you know, uh, why are we not talking about them? Well, so I think it's interesting that many of the major financial decisions in a person's life um, – you don't have a financial advisor for. And so I would start off with education, you know, huge financial decision in two ways, really. One is the expense associated with it, but also in terms of what you're going to study. Um, you know, there are massive disparities between incomes for people who study STEM, for example, science, technology, uh, engineering, math, versus folks that are studying um, you know, liberal arts or education, et cetera. And I'm not making a value choice about which is a better career choice, but I do think everybody's better served by having a real understanding of the financial consequences of that choice. So education, huge, huge um, financial decision in life. Career choice, obviously, is somewhat influenced by education, but also another uh, big um, checkpoint. Uh, just one comment on education. You know, there's a lot of conversation in the economy today or um, in in the journals about uh, is education still a good investment? And just to lay that out there, I think you can argue it's not as good an investment as it used to be given the increasing costs, but I would argue it's still one of the very best investments available to individuals just given the improved employment opportunities and opportunities in entrepreneurship um, that come with education. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, 
when you think about career choice, you also have to think about, am I, do I want to be an entrepreneur versus an employee? I think in many cases, people overestimate the risks of entrepreneurship. Uh, we all think about Facebook and Google as these huge, risky, but very successful ventures. The reality is, um, for most of mainstream America, entrepreneurship can be a much smaller endeavor, but a much lower risk endeavor, like a, a local entrepreneur, et cetera. Um, and then obviously, you know, your investment choices, um, your retirement choices are, are huge in, in how to think about navigating um, a, a life of financial security. I, I guess I would add one more to the list. If you think about the things that are most underappreciated, I actually think it's insurances. Um, and not so much life insurance. Most folks appreciate that and understand it, but it's um, uh, disability insurance, uh, which is a real risk out there for American families, and, and many folks are not well prepared to address that challenge. Yeah, you make a lot of good points here, and I, you know, I agree with you on the educational side as well. I think uh, uh, one um, topic that we've discussed on the show, too, is there's a major shift that occurred where we went from a jobs economy to a you economy, a skill economy. So um, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of folks going to school uh, and universities uh, racking up a lot of student loans, uh, debt that is going to hang over them for, for years to come, and they really didn't learn any skills uh, to go and provide value for others, serve others, or solve problems, right, as entrepreneurs would do. You know, um, one thing, uh, I don't even think they're teaching podcasting now in a lot of marketing <laughs> courses in universities. So definitely be clear on what you want. Um, uh, and that's one thing that uh, the CFO, as you mentioned, plays a major role in, the parents play a major role in, because it's an enormous decision for an 18-year-old to make, if you think about it with hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in uh, college and student loan debt, um, which if you don't graduate with the skills to be able to, to pay that off, uh, or it's not kind of in, in the right, um, uh, I would say, uh, uh, balance of being to, able to clear that off in a year, it, it could really damage uh, this start that you could get to your life, right? Yeah, MC, I totally agree. And let me let me clarify one of my comments. I said it's a it's a great investment. I, I would say it has the potential to be a great investment for those that kind of meet the following criteria. One, um, you've got to select well in terms of what you study, and there's got to be a relevant demand in the economy for that skill set, as you mentioned. And then the second is you've got to be kind of objective with yourself. Do I have the aptitude and do I have the commitment to really stick it out? Um, and if you've ended up wasting several years of earning power and accumulating debt, pursuing something that you never finish or is not a valued skill in the marketplace, to your point, that's, you know, that's a, a horrible financial outcome. You're listening to Doug McCormick on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to Doug McCormick on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and now back to our interview. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many industries right now there to emerging, to your point, uh, distributed ledger technology, uh, which is more commonly known as blockchain is in there. Cybersecurity, it's only going to increase. So, I mean, that's just na- to name two of them, right? Where this is emerging industries where there's going to be a lot of need. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, those are skills that you're going to be able to provide value for others. Um, tying it back into the Family Inc. model, uh, Doug, you share a couple of key variables that impact a family's financial security. Can you share them with my listeners? Yeah, and I think if, if you go back to the whole business concept and you think about um, what are the major sources of income and then what are the major sources of expenses that can influence a family's financial security. So, you know, as you think about uh, things that are coming in, that has to do with uh, your labor or wage rate. It has to do with the rate of um, growth of that. So what's the trajectory of your earnings over time? Um, your financial future is driven by what investment return can you expect? Um, it's also driven by things like what, how do you feel about government policies as it pertains to the availability of Social Security and what will that payout look like? Um, things like tax rates uh, and things like inflation. And so as you kind of look at it, a very big picture, there are five or six things that you can control, things like your wage rate and the growth of wage rate, how long you're going to work. Um, and then there are a variety of things that you really can't control, but you need to monitor like tax rate, inflation, and how long do you expect to live? Uh, so, so some things you can influence, some you can't, but they all kind of uh, roll together in formulating your overall um, picture of financial security. Let's talk about the framework, the Family Inc. framework for everyday financial decision-making based on the solid corporate financial principles. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, So, so again, just to um, summarize the framework very quickly, every family or every person has two major assets. You've got your labor assets, and then you've got your financial assets. So on the labor side, the name of the game is how efficiently, how quickly can I convert labor into financial capital? On the financial side, it's really about asset allocation. You know, how do I want to invest that those dollars uh, to generate, um, you know, the most significant return? And a lot of that is influenced by what your time horizon is. You know, do I need this money next week, next month, or next decade? And that obviously has influences on your risk. Um, the last thing I'd say about the principles is I think that um, as we think about entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is simply combining your labor capital with your financial capital uh, to, to create something that hopefully drives a better return than those two things individually. You know, I would say in general, the labor markets are pretty efficient. You know, the, the median salary in America is 40 some thousand, you know, a small percentage of the society makes more than 150,000. And on the capital side, it's surely very efficient as you think about cap rates in today's market. But when you combine those two, uh, you can often shelter yourself from competition. Now, you talk a lot about entrepreneurship too, and it's it's very attractive. And a lot of people look at it also as being extremely risky, um, but it could be much lower risk than what it's perceived to be. Uh, what are your comments on that? Yeah, again, I think that if you look at the trade rags, everybody thinks about entrepreneurship. They think about um, you know venture capital and what's going on in Silicon Valley with these very big bets. So Uber, Facebook, et cetera. And those are tremendous successes. But um, I think in, in Main Street America, entrepreneurship could look a lot like um, a local uh, real estate broker 
or a financial advisor or someone who um, is managing, um, you know, an HVAC company that's servicing the residential market. Uh, so I think when you look at it in that context, um, those business propositions are usually a lot less upside. They're never going to be a moonshot like Facebook, but the chances of success are also substantially higher um, for most individuals. And I think the the rewards of entrepreneurship are often underappreciated. Um, my view is there are four reasons on why entrepreneurship is so attractive. You know, the first is I think you can garner better returns on your labor and your financial capital by combining them in the form of entrepreneurship. So better return on your assets. The second is if you're an entrepreneur, um, my experience is you can generally work longer. You know, entrepreneurs, as they age, um, kind of stay around the business. They make major decisions, but they've delegated a lot of the work to the team they've built. Um, thirdly, if you build a good business, you can sell it, and you're essentially selling those earnings in perpetuity. So real value on the back end for selling that asset. And then lastly is I think the U.S. tax code um, in sense entrepreneurship basically in terms of the way you recognize profits and you treat capital gains versus um, ordinary income. And so that, that tax deferral or that lower tax rate can, can be very compelling as well. No, absolutely. And uh, to tie into that too, you know, we've shared too about, even if it's starting, uh, what do they call it now? A side hustle? Side hustle. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Even if you start small, because I think, and that's the, that's the beauty of the United States, right? And I'm originally from South Africa, but people in the U.S. think big. They're big thinkers. And it was, so when you think of entrepreneurship, you think, as you mentioned, these moonshots, right? But it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be that you can start small, start growing it slowly but surely as a quote unquote side hustle. And that could eventually uh, grow into a very, very profitable business for you. Uh, and then that could be the launching pad for this entrepreneurial career. Yeah. And I, I think there's also a, an interesting evolution in terms of how people perceive these activities like side hustles. You know, it used to be that that would be looked down upon as detracting from, you know, your main opportunity. And what I believe is happening in the marketplace is people are acknowledging that that's also a professional development opportunity. So your side hustle could not only be a source of income, but it's a source for um, developing your skill set, growing your brand and your franchise. So, I, you know, my view is it's all um, kind of in a positive direction. Learn a skill while you're starting to grow your business, right? Uh, in, in whatever way. So talking about learning, Doug, um, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying and what new skill sets are you currently learning? Well, first of all, I, I totally agree with you that long-term success implies perpetual learning. And in the economy we've just been talking about, which is increasingly dynamic and driven more and more by innovation, I think the need to, to get back and re-engage and continue to re learn and retool is becoming increasingly important. Um, you know, I think there are, there are two areas that I'm um, having fun with and I'm also passionate about. You know, the first is thinking about um, technology um, and how those innovations are going to influence um, the old economy. So you know, in my day job, I'm a, I'm a private equity investor. I am buying relatively mature businesses, financing a fair amount of that with debt. And I think those marketplaces are going to be dramatically impacted by um, a lot of the innovations we're seeing in technology as it pertains to AI, uh, 3D printing, uh, data analytics, et cetera. And so I think that's a very interesting place um, to play and think about 
Uh, and I, I think just watching the venture community in general, I think that investor base thinks about risk and return a bit differently um, than the broader investment community. Um, you know, the other area that I'm that I'm spending some time in and having a lot of fun with is thinking about applying business principles to um, nonprofits. And, you know, these organizations, in my mind, are very similar to businesses, uh, but their bottom line is not profit, but impact. And I'm, I'm having a lot of fun working with several nonprofits in, in helping them think about scale, helping them think about uh, the business challenges that they face as they go to, you know, impact uh, or create an impact relative to their mandate. Now, Doug, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Yeah, so, so first of all, I think it's a great conversation to highlight that I think people need to acknowledge that giving your heirs money without principles can actually be a liability. I've witnessed a lot of dysfunctional behavior from families that have wealth in terms of the disincentives it creates um, for follow-on generations to be risk takers or uh, to pursue education or to feel like they've got to um, develop their own legacy. And so I think just that acknowledgement that um, with um, money comes great responsibility is a real important takeaway. Um, so, so my, my three recommendations are all related to, um, how people think about creating uh, financial independence and wealth. So uh, there's, there's certainly lots more advice, um, to be had around, you know, being happy and living a good life. But as it pertains to the financials, I think I'd leave people with the idea that labor is your biggest asset and prudent management of that asset is your surest way to financial security. The second is, I think, in a very competitive market with a lot of information, uh, the only way for the individual to compete and really differentiate over time is by adopting a different time horizon. And as individuals, we all have the luxury of taking a very long-term view about our investment time horizon. And so even if you're 60 approaching retirement, I would argue the average time that you're likely to use the assets that you've accumulated is probably more than 10 years if you think about when you're going to liquidate those things. And so use that time horizon to your advantage. And then the last we talked about briefly, but, um, you know, embrace entrepreneurship. And we talked about why um, it seems more intimidating than I actually think it is. I think the payout um, relative to the risk is really substantial. Very, very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Doug, how can my listeners learn more about you, your company, where can they, and your, uh, your book, and where can they stay in touch with you to stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for asking. So um, uh, the best way to, to uh, follow the work is at familyinc.com. So F-A-M-I-L-Y-I-N-C.com. Obviously, you can buy the book on uh, Amazon. And I'm a semi-active uh, Twitter guy at at Doug underline McCormick. Fantastic. Well, Doug, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. This has been a blast connecting. Hey, uh, MC, really appreciate the opportunity to, to spread the message. Uh, really love what you're doing here. This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Alhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, 
small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Thank you for joining my guest, Doug McCormick, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja today. Many of our listeners have taken action and received a personalized game plan of how to collapse time in their financial plan and become financially free in 10 years or less. If you're interested in a personalized game plan and custom roadmap to achieve financial freedom in 10 years or less, you can register for a free webinar at cashflowtactics.com forward slash ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life. So if there's any way that I can provide more value for you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gashku newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44222. Geld Inc. is a multifamily owner which has acquired over 6,700 apartment units valued at over $1 billion through a private equity syndication model. Banking on the renter revolution amongst millennials and baby boomers, all-time low home ownership rates, and a major shortage of well-located apartments at affordable price points, Galt has provided its investors with consistent cash-on-cash returns while maintaining and enhancing equity invested for the long term. For more information on how to achieve sustainable yield for the long term, you can email Josh Satin at josh at geltinc.com. Smart investors know that the banks actually don't own most automatic teller machines. In fact, the opportunity for private investment provides stellar passive returns, figures in the double digits, with the added bonus that most of the income is tax-free. Who wants to walk blindly past an ATM and not cash in on that opportunity? ATM machine ownership brings you a steady stream of hands-off passive income. Dave Zook and the Real Asset Investor team have been providing opportunities for investors in this uptrending activity of ATM use. If you're an accredited investor and would like more information on how you can invest in this exclusive asset class that very few investors will ever have access to, sign up for your free webinar on how to create income streams from ATMs at cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to become financially free. They have designed a system to take any beginner to an experienced deal-making investor in the least amount of time. They offer opportunities from basic education, coaching, bridge loan investing to turnkey investments in the cash flowing market of St. Louis, Missouri. For more information, please visit joinopsproperties.com or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. If you want to create an income stream of 8% on your cash or money in your self-directed IRA within 90 days in real estate without finding the property, fixing it up, finding a tenant, and all the other management headaches that comes along with it, you have to watch the private lending presentation at cashflowninja.com forward slash private lending. 
The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning in the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness. 